Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. My man Bart, what is going on? Oh, what up, Brody? Oh, dang. Hold up. I hear my teapot going off in the back. I know y'all don't want to so, hear that. So Bart's brewing some tea in the back, which is good. You always got to keep the pipes, you know, soothed and all that stuff. I got the coffee. He's got the tea. But we'll make this thing work today, of course. Um, hey, we got basketball tonight, which is always a good thing. Let me give a quick shout-out, though, before we get into all the other stuff. Again, <laughs> and this is how we start at the beginning of the week. You got to give props to our boy, Anthony Becht, Coach Becht. His Battle Hawks of the XFL, they are now 2-0, walk-off field goal last night in Seattle. How about this? They outscored the Jets, who played on that field in Seattle late in the season. They put up 20. They win the game. They're 2-0. I'll tell you, if you're one of these coaches in town, Brian Dayball, Robert Sully, you better watch out. Our boy, Coach Anthony, is making a name for himself there on the sidelines in the XFL. How about that? I mean, you put in proof to con- you put in concept to proof, right? You know, so you know he's been out, and it's it's always tough to talk about football to go out to actually coach it. You know, his first coaching stint, you know, for him to have the resolve and what you always say, it's attitude reflect leadership. And you know, football comes down to making tough decisions at pivotal times, and he was able to make the right decisions. Now he's two and zero; they're getting on a roll. You put it on film, and this is a league that only has you know what eight teams, or yeah, you know, it's one conference, right? So. You're going to see the same opponents, and it's going to even get the football should get even better, and it's going to be the difference between coaching because you're going to know what they do, and they're going to know what you do. It's like playing a conference opponent, right? So you're going to understand, you know, the the uh, adjustments to the adjustments, and the the cream rise to the top, you know. And what I like about this league, especially when I watch Wade Phillips and his team play, that came out, and of course you expect in this league defense to be ahead of offense, yeah. You know, for him to be able to hit the ground running. Because he's a teacher, and he understands situational football. So, yeah, I think, you know, this is a great opportunity for some of the old coaches that's been kind of legislated out, so to speak, you know, as they've been grandfathered out of the league to come back and still give to the game. And hopefully some of these guys can have an opportunity to go back to the level that they all dream that they could be at. Yeah, I mean, the team they were playing last night, in, they were playing Seattle. Their head coach is Jim Hazlitt, who was an NFL head coach. His offensive coordinator is June Jones, who was not, uh, an NFL head coach. Uh, Ron Zook is his defensive coordinator who coached in college at Illinois and Florida for 12 years as a head coach. So, I mean, you got some guys who've been around the game, you know, like I said, on both levels. And, you know, to have this opportunity and then to make the most of it. See, I was never really somebody in the past when, you know, they had the previous XFLs, when they had the USFL, all that stuff. You know, I, I kind of gave myself the mental break once the NFL was over. Like, I'm good with football. Like, I'll, I'll be back again in the fall. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't right. watch much of this stuff. But I'm locked into this league, and especially supporting my boy, you know, of course, because he's coaching one of the teams. But football ain't that bad. It's really actually pretty good. I mean, unless, unless, you, unless you go to, like, Paxton Lynch and some of the quarterbacks that That's you sorry. expect to be good. And, you know, sometimes you just got to tell guys, listen, man, this ain't, this ain't for you. No. And I think he got the message really early that he <laughs> needs to start going back to school and taking advantage of the NFL continuous education program. Yeah. Go ahead and go back to school and find something else to do with his damn life because football ain't it. <laughs> it's over with. And that's the, that's the, listen, that is the um, raw, unedited, unforgiving facts. Like, this dude has been benched in four leagues. I mean, damn, what, what are you going to, to arena two? I mean, how they many have times we got to tell you that, hey, you're just not that good, man? They got something in Europe at all maybe that he could head over to? They're playing <laughs> over mean, there maybe? I mean, I, I hear they, they use that football team in Ukraine, right? Yeah, that's right. They got honored at the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, so hey, maybe, 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 maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the uh, American air. Let's get. How long is that? 
How long is that program still good for? Like the one you said, like the NFL continuing education program. How long does that last for? Forever. You can oh, forever, go, really? Yeah, as long as, like, as long as you go back and you get a C, they'll pay for your education. There you go. So, man, you know what? Maybe that's Max and Lynn's future. Who knows? You know, but uh, like you said, it ain't football. I don't maybe he can here. become your accountant or maybe he can try and come do, come do this, radio, television. I don't know. Yeah, right. And then maybe be an actor. Maybe be an actor. You hear that Vernon Davis has got a movie coming out with um, Morgan Freeman where he plays the lead, like, villain. It's called Ritual Killer, man. It's going to be amazing, man. Like, I can't imagine. I, 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 I couldn't believe that, like, yo, your first movie is going to be with Morgan Freeman and you the you the, you the um, – you're the lead guy. So proud of that guy, man. That's amazing He's the stuff. lead villain? He's not like yes. just one of the no, bad guys no, or something? No, he's the lead villain. It's called Ritual Killer about a serial killer. Look it up. Look at the trailer, man. It's amazing. I can't believe that Morgan Freeman, man. It's him. <laughs> I say, man, so that's what I love, man, about NFL players. What you do in the dark comes out into the light. He Whatever he's been doing to prepare himself to get to this role, to get this opportunity, you know, man, is amazing. I mean, I know he was doing some guest hosting, and we were making fun of him because he was trying to come out with – he came on my show with Barton Hahn. Uh, we are on the network side, and he was talking about doing um, – singing or trying to get an album. You know what I mean? Oh, singing boy. something. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know how that happens. Athletes yeah. and, and music. It's like, oh, here we go again. But, I mean, this is a straight-up lead role where it's like a ritual killer where he's like some type of uh, Haitian, some type of – you know, reminds me of back in the day where um, – the Steven Seagal type of movies with the Jamaicans that were twins and they the people thought they were one person and all that stuff. Yeah, man, I'm really proud of him, man. It's amazing stuff. I can't wait he's to see. He's fourth in the billing right now. Like for the movie. Like I'm looking at it right here. It comes out on March 10th. And like when you look at the cast and everything, Vernon Davis is fourth on the list. Yeah, see what I'm saying? How about that? See, man, I'm giving you – so I'm breaking news to you. You didn't know. I didn't know it, yeah. Yeah, man. Now, what type of role is Morgan Freeman still doing? I mean, because he's it, it, he's getting yep. up there now. I mean, but he's like the, he's like the 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 same thing he was in um, what's the movie uh with Brad Pitt Five the Deadly Sins or something like that? You know, it was Gluttony and all that stuff, and it was um Kevin Spacey. Oh, kind of like an inspector type of role. No, or no, you don't like remember that? that? Yeah, yeah, he's like the detective. You know what I'm saying? Trying to break the case. Damn. So Vernon Davis, look at that's a major major score for him. Absolutely. You know, I wonder if Mike Singletary at, helped him get the role at all. What do you think? I want winners. Can't I'd rather play with eleven. Yeah, yeah, coach. You play with you play with ten. You play with ten because I'm doing a movie. You're not. Hand hand Super Bowl shuffle that jerk. He was he was your guy for a little bit, wasn't he in Baltimore? Sing Sing, yeah, Sing Sing was crazy, man. Like he was good head coach. wasn't a great position coach. Didn't know what the hell the defense was. We had to tell him the defense half the time. Well, how how is that possible? How can you be? How, how does he, he played? He played in a forty six defense. Right, he only had under the, Buddy. He only, he only had the running back half mm-hmm. the time. He had the same job every time. Not exactly rocket science. That's how. Well, now now look, call me naive, but I'm thinking, look, the, if if I'm an assistant coach, and I get hired. Maybe if it's not my defense and if it's not the scheme that I'm accustomed to running, I'm going to try to do what I can to get caught up to speed a little I'm bit. Sure, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he could, but remember, he came to some some masters. When you think about me, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed, Christopher, uh, Chris McAllister, like Trevor Price, who you think if we had been in the system three years or two years before he got there, who you think was smarter at the defense? Him or us? That's, that's a fair point. Right, so he's trying to coach us, and he's telling stuff. We're like, Coach, that's wrong as hell. I'll be right back. <laughs> Go ask Rex. You guys right. Like, God, they're like, come on, man. God. Yeah, but leave. what's the lifeline with that, though? You talk about a guy who's a Hall of Famer. That's why right? he became a head coach, never a coordinator. 
No, I understand. Has he but ever like, been anybody's defensive coordinator? Not sure. I'll tell you, no. He's been no. a linebacker coach and a head coach. Because guess what the head coach do? He's about leading men, not about the X's and O's, bro. But let me ask you a question. You Everybody got a guy like football him. that was great or smart. You got a guy like him who's a great, you know, Hall of Fame player, you know, great player. When he comes into the door, and like you said, you guys knew the defense better than he did. But how long is that leash? Do you still respect him regardless? Or do you kind of see right through him right away and say, you know, we know this defense better than this guy does? Oh, you respect everybody. I mean, you know the defense better than a lot of cats that did it. You know how many players I had that were my backup that ended up being my coach before I retired? Mike Smith became my coach. Yep. He was my backup. Anthony Weaver became the D-line coach. He was a teammate. Like, that just happens. You know what I mean? And you, you respect them. I mean, Mike Pettin was the – he filmed practice when I met him. We used to kick him in the ass and throw him in the cold tub. But I had to give him a level of respect because the other guys didn't know who he was. But he tried to come with me with that BS. I gave him Atomic Wedgie. And then he became the D.C. over with New York. Yeah, and then he became a head coach. And then he became a head coach. Actually, for a while there, he was actually the guy who had the most success for the Browns for a while until uh, yeah, they started actually, winning games here a few years ago. I actually uh, wrote a letter to Mike Lombardi why he would be a, a good coach. They asked me for my input. Really? You gave a nice little letter of recommendation? Yeah, they called me because people respect my football acumen, people that really know who know football and who don't. Right. They asked me to write a letter, and I wrote, I, I, I uh, submitted like a two-page letter about his strengths and weaknesses and why I think he would be successful. He got the job. He never knew. They never called, told him that they called me. They just called me. So you wrote a two-page letter. Was that difficult to write? Not saying that you can't write, but I'm just saying, like, those are tough because, like, you know the guy, but to be able to put all that stuff down on paper, I would think that that would be tedious. People know I'm not a BSer, like, friend or not. I'm not going to put my reputation and my brand on the line to try and get you something that you don't deserve. Right. I mean, because I can never help the next friend. Or what can I do when it's my turn? They say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to lie for nobody, bro. i tell you what it is. And that's, that's, how I, uh, and that's how I analyze. It's nothing personal involved, friend or foe. You know what I mean? It don't matter. It's going to come. I, throw, I call balls and strikes. I don't let my feelings get involved with it. That's why when I be on these shows, get up and first take, like a lot of guys – you know, a lot of people want to criticize, but they don't understand. When I walk in these streets, guys that know, football players, coordinators, coaches, say thank you, Bart. Thank you for not being a politician out there, not trying to offend nobody because you want to be on somebody's good side so that you, you want to make friends. Promotion. Yeah, no, I'm listen, good or bad, I can hate your guts. If you do something good, I'm going to say you did something good. If I love you to death and you do something bad, I'm listen, I'll try, I'm, I'll try not to make it personal. I'm attacking the – the, the person, mean the, the, the issue, not the person. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you can't get it done. I'm telling you why you didn't get it done. If you can't get, keep not getting it done, I'm going to tell you that, hey, man, maybe this guy can't get it done and it's time for him to look to do something else. I've criticized <laughs> friends, and that's the hardest thing when you become uh, uh, an analyst and you get on TV, you got to be able to keep it real, and people can see through fake. And there's a lot of guys out there that's in this profession that's, that's, that's politicians that's trying to get – trying to get a job, a coaching job, or trying to get or trying to get uh, uh make sure they get in the Hall of Fame so they don't want to offend nobody. I I don't care. I'm me. I think the last time I was thinking about it, the last time we saw Singletary, he was one of the head coaches in that Alliance football league that yeah. happened. Remember it was before COVID? Yeah, he wasn't doing nothing. Guess what? Everybody on that staff that was doing it was 
Dennis Thurman and all those guys with the X's and O's. He was just the one clapping. DT. He was DT. A, we call it a hand clapper and an ass slapper. He just there. He just there for morale. He wasn't doing nothing. Hand clapper and ass slapper. I like mm-hmm. that. So you could put that, that. That could go on the business card. So instead of like head coach, you just say hand clapper, ass slapper. Yep. That's, and that that's, works. That's how it goes, man. Love it. Um, basketball back tonight for the Knicks, for the Nets. And, you know, you look at the Knicks, and they're in D.C. tonight to take on the Wizards. You know, morale is good. Team's playing well. Mitchell Robinson supposedly back in the lineup tonight. The thumb is healed. He's practiced the last couple of days. So now they're going to be a little bit whole. And we've talked about them on and on over the week here, you know, what to expect. you got 22 games left. It's all in front of them right now to what they could accomplish. Now, look, realistically, I think you got to put a ceiling on what this team is. But expectations for the playoffs, that's a given. Can this team get up as far as maybe fifth in the Eastern Conference? I think absolutely that is realistic. Do you call this a failed season if they go one and done in the playoffs and don't win a round? Yeah, absolutely a failed season if it doesn't you know, happen in that, in that spectrum. You know, they got to figure it out. They had an opportunity to practice. They had an opportunity to practice. And they had an opportunity to kind of come together with the new parts. That's a good thing about the All-Star game. Probably the first time they were able to have practice, you heard about Kevin Durant and how they had the ability to, um, you know, really have a scrimmage where they brought in the refs. So now let's see if Thibodeau can put these guys together, get them come together in jail. You look at this schedule for the next couple of weeks, too, like right out of the break. I mean, it's not easy. I think over the next, like, nine, ten games, they're only playing two teams that are sub-500. And one of them is tonight, as a matter of fact, down in D.C. But, you know, you got Boston coming into the Garden next week. Another chance at the Nets next week at MSG. You got to go to Miami. You got to go to Boston. And, oh, by the way, week after that, you're going out west. Sacramento, Clippers, Lakers, Portland. So, it's funny. Over the next couple of weeks, you know, not to say that everything's going to come crashing down on them because, look, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, after this, you know, everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks with the trade deadline and coaching changes, you name it, they're going to make the playoffs. The question is, though – what can they do with this opportunity that's in front of them? Yeah. You know, I like this mix right now. Tibbs has to figure out, now that Mitchell Robinson is coming back, what's we'll his rotation going to be? Is it going to be nine guys? Is it going to be ten guys? How is he going to make it all work here? But this team's got a shot. Like they got Jer- a shot to do yeah. something. And I hope it's not Jericho Sims, man, because I like the energy that he brings. Might be. Pogo sticks. He's a guy that finishes at the basket at a high level. He's a guy that gives you a little bit of you know, more athleticism. I know you got Hartstein right there. Uh, but, you know, that's a different type of big. It's going to be interesting what we do with R.J. Barrett. Now, I know everybody's, you know, saying, hey, maybe he should come off the bench. You know, but you have to have a conversation with a guy like that. I mean, but those are conversations that head coaches are supposed to have. You know, sometimes going to the bench. I remember when um, I think it was Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire when I was watching Tap Tap with the Bad Boys. And he was saying how he didn't want to be the person that kept such a beautiful talent like Dennis Rodman. On, on you know off the on the bench and Dennis Rodman didn't want to do it and he went to him he, and he had to go tell him hey man I want I want we want you to start man the team is better with your energy getting out and all that stuff I'll come off the bench and that was a prideful thing for somebody to do remember they traded for Mark Wire in the middle of the season Adrian Dantley they said goodbye to yeah they said goodbye to Adrian Dantley and they came back in and they brought in Mark McGuire, who was like the number two pick for the Mavericks. You know what I mean? So he was a prideful mm-hmm. guy as well, much like R.J. Barrett when you think of number three. But, that, you know, that showed a lot of maturity, doing what's best for the team. And what can be best for the team is letting Josh Hart start and let him get his shots because 
he's not, you know, it's, it, the flow isn't as well because he's not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great defender. Why not put him out there with the second group where the other team has put their second group in and be better than them? He should be exponentially better than the second group from another team than he is from the starting group of, of, of most teams. And then he, he can be the leader of that group, much like we asked uh, Westbrook to be. Go out and be that guy. You can get your shots because the court should be wide open because you don't have Julius Randle that's going to get his 24 shots a game. Jalen Brunson is going to get his 24 shots a game. Then you have to find a way how to fit in so that he takes a lot of bad shots at times. So I feel like he felt like I hadn't shot the ball in a minute. But the thing about Josh Hart, though, right, and we've talked about this during the week. The thing about Josh Hart, it's only been three games. But he's scoring at a clip a little bit more than what we saw with him even in Portland. I mean, this guy wasn't really sc- – I mean, he, I don't even think he was averaging 10 points a game all season with Portland. These t- three games with the Knicks, he's getting the opportunities. He's averaging, what, 17 in the first three. And, you know, I think somebody mentioned it this week. When we talk about the starting lineup, like maybe we get too consumed with it. Even like Tom Thibodeau has brought it up. It's like it's not so much who's starting the game. It's like who's finishing the game. I get right. it, but I want I want you to fast. I want you to get off on a fast start too, right? I want you to get off to a fast start. So I want to put my best lineup to get out to a bet fast start, and then I want my then I want my second unit to come in and if guys get in foul trouble to be able to take take advantage of matchups, and that's where you may be able to take advantage of matchups. That's what I'm saying. Josh Hart understands how to play within the floor of the game. Let R.J. Barrett be able to work on his game and get his shots up there with quickly, with Obi Toppin, if he's still in the rotation. But definitely with quickly, them two playing off of each other, they have tremendous chemistry with each other. But do you consider R.J. Barrett an energy guy? Because I don't. No. I never have. But that's why you put him with energy guys, because they're going to make his ass run. Why you want to put him out there with a guy that's lethargic like – like Jalen Brunson is not a guy that really pushes to, to tempo. And we know damn sure Julius Randle is a guy that, you know, I mean, even though he's in shape, he's a guy that's kind of like, uh, let me come up here and pace and take my time. He ain't a guy that pushes the energy. So sometimes you take a guy that don't have energy and you put him with a bunch of energy guys and it makes him have to make him have to keep up. Why not a guy like if you're talking now? Why does it have to be R.J. Barrett, for example? Like, could you see a scenario? What about because he's taking, a bad he's a bad defender? That's why. No, he's but a I'm liability. saying. Well, he's a liability, of course. I mean, that's never going to be his strength. We know that. But, all right, Quentin Grimes is a top defender. Why not put Quentin Grimes or take Quentin Grimes out of the starting line to have him coming off the bench for Josh Hart? You don't want to do that. Because he's not contributing a hell of a lot offensively for you. You know that Grimes isn't much of an offensive guy. He's there more for the other end of the court. Maybe. That's why Tibbs gets paid all the cheese on the taco, man. He's going to have to figure out the balance, and this is when you got to do it. But, you know, it's, it's hard because you got to try and figure out your rotations against these good teams, these playoff caliber teams. It's no time to experiment. Well, and, and that's the thing. But look, I understand. Look, you got to be realistic a little bit with this team. I understand they're having a good season, but I think best case scenario, you're talking about a team that, might, might win a round. And I think a lot of it is going to be predicated on matchups because it's who they get matched up against in that first round. Like, we talk about, boy, it would be great if you could finish fifth. All right, if you're finished fifth, you're probably playing Cleveland. Now, it's not that Cleveland's unbeatable, but that's a team that has more firepower than you do. So, and you're going to go into that as an underdog. Uh, yeah, but we, but we expect you to be able to win that because they haven't been the team that we thought they were going to be. So, we, we expect you to you know either be able to at least push them to a game seven. It should be a hell of a series. I mean, I get worried about the Pacers. The Pacers look amazing last night, man. You know, Turner said he wasn't going to go anywhere. I mean, he said he wanted to be gone. He didn't sign an extension. He sees how they look this year. 
with some of the additions that they've made. Tyler Hollenberg is playing at an amazing clip. They look like they're a team that can that can compete and potentially put some pressure in the playoffs as well. What if they lose to them? They playing. Was there any defense in that game last night? The uh, the Boston Indiana game. <laughs> no. What was defense that? Was like the All Star game. <laughs> I know when it's overtime and everything, but it's like, all right, yeah, 145. Somebody hit that number, and that's going to be your winner there. <laughs> right, right. Jeez. Win by, win I, by two. There were some crazy games last night, I, I mean, in the league. And then, you know, you talk about Cleveland, for example. You saw what they got matched up last night. You know, they lost at home to a Denver team. Another triple-double for Jokic. I think he's got like, I, I think he's got like 23 this year. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins accused, accused him of uh, doing the Russell Wils- uh, Westbrook thing, looking at the clock and seeing what or seeing what he what he needs and stop shooting so he can go ahead and get the stats. Twenty four points, eighteen rebounds, thirteen assists in thirty six minutes for Jokic. I mean, he could be the first player, uh, the last player. I think uh, Bird was the last one to win three in a row. He might. He might. I mean, right now, and if still get, it and still get bounced. Yeah, right. You know, well, they got to stay healthy first and foremost because that's what sat, that's what sunk them a couple years ago. You know, they had nobody left. But right now, if you're casting a vote for MVP, I mean, he's got to be the guy. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you got especially now you got um, Giannis injured and hurt. So I mean, Embiid's having a great year, but he's not playing at this level. See, you, you know what's the see, problem with these? See, but that's it. We are enamored with the triple double, but Embiid is the you know. When you think about the MVP, Jokic, where you say, okay, well, the scoring and rebounding is about the same. Jokic is a better facilitator. But then Embiid is such a better defender. It ain't even funny. He's got like – he's like – he's always in the running for defensive player of the year too. So, when you talk about MVP, how do you not, you know, put that into account? I thought Embiid should have won one of, one of these years. The last two years, he should he, – he's earned the right to become an MVP and they gave it to Jokic, and you can't argue with that. But I, I thought it, it was closer, and, and, and B was um, deserving of it as well. Well, the thing is, too, well, I mean, his team is in first place, too, in the Western Conference, which I helps mean, him as well. Yeah, but, you know. you know, Philly's had the best record, you know, in the last 20 games. And, you know, before before Kevin Durant and everybody went uh, west, the east was the tougher conference. So, you know, you can make it – you can always have a counterpoint there as well. No, but the other thing, too, about it, because like you just said a couple of minutes ago about the, the three in a row and Larry Bird, and that was the last one and whatnot to win, to win three straight MVP awards. You know how these voters are. Because, I mean, the same thing happened like all those years. I mean, think about how many MVPs Jordan could have won, for example, like all the years that he played. Right? I mean, he could have won the damn thing every year. He should have been the MVP some years. He didn't, they didn't give it to him just because they want to spread the wealth and give it to somebody else. What if the same thing happens this year, you know what I mean, with Jokic? Like maybe they're like, oh, we just gave it to this guy two years in a row. Let's give it to somebody else here. Yeah, and that so, might happen. And that's that's why I don't like these 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 voters because they might say, well, we we don't want to put him in the same category. He's a foreigner. We don't want to put him in the same category. It's a great Larry Bird, and they do stupid stuff like that, and it's dumb. It happens everywhere. It, it really and truly does. So the NBA back, locals in action tonight. Let's take your calls here on the NBA Knicks Nets expectations here. Post-All-Star break, you can't even say second half of the season because we're only down to about 20 games left. We're almost at the finish line for crying <laughs> right. out loud. It's crazy, right? You it's, think it's, it's like it's the halfway the, point. It's like, yeah. It's the quarter pole. Or, I mean, there's only a quarter of the season left. Right. They're they putting up the checker flag. Next one That's in. it. They're waving it. Let's go. Let's go. But it should be fun nonetheless. This is a sprint. Sprint to the finish line. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. 
your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Talking a little NBA. Nick's back at it tonight in D.C. against the Wizards. Nets are going to be in Chicago to take on the Bulls. We talked a lot about Josh Hart. And look, he's got a $12.9 million player option for next season. Hmm. Obviously, in a perfect world, though, you know, he would like to work out something long-term instead of nobody, just having no, a pickup. Yeah, yeah nobody opts right? No, nobody wants that. You know, and, and the question is, you know, will he be able to get himself the type of deal that maybe he sees he's worth, whether it's from the Knicks or from some other team yeah. in the offseason? However, yesterday at practice, he was talking to the media about just that part, and he said, you know what, I know he's only been here for like three games, but he sees himself possibly sticking around New York for a while. That's something I, you know, I definitely would want to do. Like I said, this is my sixth year in the league, fourth team, fourth organization, sixth head coach. I want a home. I want to find a home. And this is a place where I would love that home to be. You know, on the court, there, there's so many things that align with my principles as a player. And then off the court, um, just being around with friends and close to family, you know, where my, my wife and I, life are, with kids coming into the picture, being close to family is huge for us. So this would be an amazing spot. This is something that I will, you know, would love to be in, and you know, hopefully they feel the same. Bart, I think the biggest thing, though, for him more than anything else would be, you know what, maybe he could unpack a suitcase for a change. I mean, the dude's been on four teams in six years. So, yeah, if he's going to be sticking around someplace for more than a year or two, I think that probably would give him some nice security. Yeah, I mean, listen, also, it's, it's always that delicate balance, right? What are you looking for at this point in your career? Um, he wants the, the security, knowing that he won't be the first one on the trade block for a piece. Um, but it also goes to the point, well, what if the Knicks finally decide to say, you know what? R.J. Barrett's not untouchable. If we can trade him and add him into a trade, we'll, we'll do that. And then he slides right into that spot. So, I mean, the Knicks got to understand that 
the rest of this league has kind of passed them by as far as from a talent acquisition. They've been waiting for a superstar. They were hoping that R.J. Barrett could be like a really, really good player. Um, doesn't seem like – it seems like Julius Randle has become better than they thought he would be with his mm-hmm. bounce back year, which I think makes R.J. Barrett a guy that you can get rid of because I think they were looking to maybe get rid of uh, Julius Randle, but they realized that, hey, man, it's hard to find a guy that's a 20-10 and 10 goddamn near – uh, so, between him and R.J. Barrett, even though R.J. Barrett's a younger player, he may not be an untouchable anymore and maybe, you know, be able to get rid of him. Well, the thing about Josh Hart, too, is, look, he's a smart guy. You know, he's, when I say he's from the area, I mean, he's from, you know, Maryland or whatever. That's where he grew up. But he went to school at Villanova, so he's kind of close to the whole Northeast type thing. You know, yeah, he's got ties. familiarity. Yeah, ties he's got there, ties. Yeah. And more importantly, he's got ties to Jalen Brunson. And I think that somebody like him, he's smart enough to realize, you know what, I've been in the NBA now for six years. I kind of know the lay of the land a little bit. And you have to maybe be honest with yourself and realize what's the best situation for me, what's working. And I think that maybe he sees, even though it's only a short amount of time, that this situation here with the Knicks, given the fact he's got a teammate who he's real good friends with, among others, that this is a place that he could grow and he could be comfortable with. So if the money's right... And then the Knicks are also going to have to tell him what they feel he's worth. But I think if all things are being equal right now, I think he realizes that it could be a nice place for him to maybe settle down for a few years. Yeah, because you talk about, you know, you know, right up the uh, the uh, I-95, right? He can mm-hmm. go right back home to where school was and he can give it to Baltimore and in less than two, two hours on a cellar, right? So talk about, you know, even though he's early in his career, building your brand, business ties, post-career, Still being able to be relevant at Villanova, you know, you saw Brunson go back and have his what jersey retired. You know, you can still have that type of effect as well, and and still you know be able to play basketball and have a chance to get meaningful minutes and be the reason that you're winning, not just an add-on piece. He can be a major piece of of, of their winning. You know, so it's going to be up to him to make sure that he continues to play at the clip that he's been playing at, so that that, that the Knicks can see the value in him. And so when he opts out, he can feel comfortable that the compensation, once everything is weighted, is going to be just as good as anybody else. We'll get back to the we'll get to the phones here in just a second. But you know, I wanted to bring up something real quick with Randall because, you know, now technically, you know, we were at the break, so it's a nice time to like reflect back and you think about you know what we've seen already so far from this team first sixty games and whatnot. Randall makes the All Star squad. Back in the summertime. In, in, in trying to forecast what type of season you were going to get from Julius Randle, my thing was maybe you weren't going to get the guy who was the all-star a couple of years ago, but you can't have the dude that we saw last season when he was just out of it and sulking. It was awful. I said, you know what? I'll take somebody in between the two. If you got that version of Julius Randle this year, I think the Knicks would be satisfied with that as well. Well, you know what? He shot past that, and if you ask me – He's been better this year than he was even two years ago. Yeah, I don't know if you give him a lot of credit, but you also got to give Jalen Brunson a lot of credit for being able to be a facilitator and another yep. guy that can be a scorer. Because the problem was, you know, we saw it in that playoff game when they played the Hawks. All they did was just took the ball out of his hand and forced him to continue to make plays and, and double down on him. So, you know, the fact that Brunson is a guy that can take some of the pressure off of him as far as the playmaking and facilitating doesn't allow him to get wore down because he always had the ball, had to make sure that he was trying to be responsible on the defensive side of the ball and also on the offensive side of the ball. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to Bob 
He is in Edison. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Bobby, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. How you doing? What's up, Bob? Bart, did I hear you correctly when you said if the Knicks were, would play the Cavaliers that you would prefer that they played the Indiana Pacers? Did you actually say that? We lost Bart on the connection here real quick. He'll be back in a second. We're going to get him dialed up again Dan, here in a second. Dan, yeah. you have to correct your co-host. He's more, he would be more concerned with Indiana than Cleveland? Well, I got really? a, he might have misspoke. I mean, Indiana might not even be in the playoffs. Uh, that's how, I, Dan, I, I, I couldn't believe what I heard. Because <laughs> he did say that. I couldn't well, believe maybe, what maybe I heard. He, maybe he misspoke. Maybe he meant Philadelphia instead of the Pacers or whatnot. I don't know. Because I don't, I, personally, I don't know why you would be concerned with Indiana. They're not even going to be a team that should be in the playoffs this season. Right. All right, I just, well, I just, I, you know, I just have to bring that up. Bob, you Thank know what? You. I, I appreciate the phone call. I don't think it's something to, to ruin your day and to send your weekend off into a tizzy just because, like, he might have said. I don't even remember him saying it because if he would have said it, it probably would have caught my attention as well. He probably just misspoke more than anything else. I mean, Indiana, Jesus, they're not even going to be in the playoffs. I mean, where are they right now, the Pacers? I know they're not in the top ten. Let me see. One, two, three. Yeah, I mean, Indiana, for crying out loud, they're three and a half games even behind Washington right now, who's holding down that final spot in the play-in tournament. We got Bart, we got Bart back on the line here. Uh, some, Bob called yeah. because he was all up in arms because you said you'd be concerned about Indiana right now. But Indiana's a team that's on the outside looking in. Why would you be concerned about Indiana? They just look good, man. They look good, and I think that they're a team that can make a run. Listen, this thing is wide open. We don't know what if the Nets are going to free fall. You talk about the Knicks having a tough uh, – they can get in the play-in. I know if they get in the play-in. I think they you, – how many games back are they from, from – Three and four? a half. Three and a half. I mean, what's three and a half? That's, that's, that's a bad West Coast trip for somebody else and them being able to win a couple of close games. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like You have to see who's going to come up and compete. Every year we talk about teams that maybe are able to make that jump. They have a good basketball team, and I think they're well coached, and they have the ability to move up. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, like, they look good. Miles Turner, eight threes. He looks happy. Hollenberg, like, is an all-star. You know, this could be a team that's on that's on the ascension. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, that's, t- that's a team that I'm not going to worry about until I absolutely have to. And when I say absolutely have to, you know when that's going to be for the next part? That's going to be the final week of the season because two out of their last three games are against Indiana. So can you imagine if they need those games to, let's say, move up or whether it's seeding or positioning someplace in the playoff race, they might have to go toe-to-toe then with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at, like, who's who's teams that are maybe just fall, you know, come back the other way. I mean, you don't know what the Raptors are going to do, right? You know, we'll talk about Washington as well. Raptors uh, are dangerous, though. Yeah, they are because you know they're talented, and they they decided to not to not sell off pieces. Mm-hmm. They didn't sell off Brand Bland Fleet. They didn't sell off Abanobi. You know, you got the you, you. We'll see what happens. You know, I don't expect the Heat to be much better with Kevin Love. I don't think that was a big acquisition. No. Atlanta, they're, they're coming close to hiring um, the the Utah coach Snyder, Quinn Snyder. Yeah, which that's weird, right? You're hiring a new coach. But are they going to do that before the, the season ends? You think they say they're coming close to a deal? I mean, I think they don't want him to get to the end where he can go out and, and, and interview for good jobs that may open up. So I think they're thinking about okay, let's sign him up now. That's why I think they made the move so quickly from Nate uh, McMillan so that they can um, have the opportunity to sign him and get him on, on the paperwork. In fear that if something else you know opens up. 
because we don't know. Like, it, it could be a team that crashes this year. You know what I mean? The Pistons could mess around and say, you know what, Casey, it's, it's been five years. You have, you know, this team's still in a mess. You know, they could say, you know what, let's 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 move on. Let's go somewhere else. Right? So I can't yeah. believe. I can't believe we're still sitting here like you know, we're talking about the Atlanta thing. And we were just talking about Julius Randle in the playoffs from a couple of years ago. And we talked about it with the news when it went down with Nate McPhillan. I, I still can't believe just two years later the dude had the, the team in the conference finals. Right. And now I, he's out of a job. After taking over for a team that lost their – they decided to move on from their coach in the middle of the year. And now, right. he, now he, you know, he, he's you know, dealt the same fate. It's crazy. And then you hear some of the things I think um, – was Collins was saying he didn't – he didn't cater to our um, our emotional like man. These new well, athletes, listen, listen, man. listen so, to that. It's funny you say that. We got John Collins, Jacob. Jacob, here, here, here's John Collins talking about Nate McMillan and his coaching style. Listen to this. I feel like Nate is a little bit more suited for just guys who are older. You know what I mean, and understand the game. Whereas the young team, we need guidance, um, and I feel like we need a different kind of guidance. And hopefully, somebody can you know our new coach can come in and bring that spark. Um, but obviously we still respect and appreciate everything that Nate has done for us. These, it's the NBA. Like you're, you're grown, grown as man. It's how professional long, basketball. How long has Trey, Trey Young been in the league? Four years? That, that's considered a veteran. You know what I'm saying? They give you hundreds of millions of dollars. I need somebody to come in and you, you got to have these feel-good coaches, man. Like what the hell are we talking about, man? This is ridiculous. I can't, I can't believe. I, I just I, – I, I'm, I'm speechless when I hear stuff like that. But it's not the first time. It's not the last time. That's what's crazy. I mean, we get this all the time. I mean, you were – think about it. Trey Young, for ex- and, and I'm bringing him up because, let's face it, the blood's on Trey Young's hands. Yep. It's obvious. What he wants, he gets with that organization. So this and, and he had the public issue with Nate McMillan earlier in the year with the whole shoot around thing and this and that. You were a tw- Trey Young's twenty four years old. You were a twenty four year old professional athlete. Yep. When you were sitting there, did you think about you needed a coach to come in there to be able to work with a, a veteran player versus a young player and who would be better? I mean, come on. Man, I had Singletary at twenty four. You, 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 you want to run me. down that thing again yeah. or what? Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you tell me. You know what I'm saying? I had Rex Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like. This big boy business, man. We got time to cater to your feelings. I don't care how you feel. Like this is your job. You show up to work and you and you do what you got to do. I'm not here to make you feel good about your life. I'm not here to you know rub you on your back and say it's gonna be okay. No, this is a do or do not business. And like Collins, they were trying to get rid of his ass for the last couple of years. Yeah, if he didn't get hurt, that would be a different. He'd probably be gone already. Right. I need to go just to cater to my feelings, man. Come on, man. I mean, John Stop. Collins is 25 years old. Yeah, ask he's twenty five years old. Yeah, ask Murray about that. You know, coming from Popovich, I ask ask him if he did Pop ever give him a hug and sing Kumbaya. I just uh, like yes. I said, it's not the first time, it's not the last time. I mean, this happens. But you take a team like the Atlanta. What type of really, like if where were you going? A couple of years ago before Nate McMillan took over for Lloyd Pierce. Like, what was happening that season? They and, weren't going to the conference finals. And I Nate, can promise you that. And Nate McMillan, you look at his – like, what he was able to do to outfox in the pick and roll, what he did against um, – what he did against um, – Tibbs? No, no, no. No, no. Doc. What he did against oh, Doc, Oh, Doc. And, the, yeah. and they, they weren't the favorite. What he did against Doc was magical. And being able to keep getting him in those pick and rolls and his, his – his, you know – in-game adjustments, his in-series adjustments, and all of a sudden now he's not good enough. 
Come on, man. To make Ben Simmons maybe think about shooting the ball? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, to leave Ben Simmons wide open underneath the basket to try to convert a layup? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's amazing stuff. Think about it. Nate McMillan basically basically forced Ben Simmons out of field. He's, he's, he basically spawned the end of Ben Simmons' time with the 76ers. That's what he did. All by himself. You welcome Philadelphia. Work, and now he's out. You know what they should do? They should go, you know, Philadelphia should hire him. Do a, do a 30 for 30. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia should hire him. Maybe sit next to Doc on the bench, or who knows? Maybe he'll take over for Doc. One I mean, this I is know. a big year for Doc, man. You think about yeah. it. Like, what they were able to do yesterday, that was an exciting game. I mean, the NBA came back with, I mean, with some with some retribution, right? Because that, that, you think about what that damn All-Star week was about, that was horrible, hot garbage. I mean, you talk about. They probably, you know, you probably saw The Bachelor probably got better ratings than that. You know, and, you know, you look at what, you know, what happened yesterday with Joel Embiid, you know, coming back with six blocks and how amazing that was. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a great, you know, down the stretch, you know, with, with what happens with teams with Giannis being injured. Are they able to hold on to the, to the number two seed? You know, or do they? You know, I, I think Milwaukee. You don't rush Giannis back. You need him no. healthy, even though he's like made of vibranium, right? You look at what he did a couple of years coming off the knee injury. But if they're saying that he may miss up a, about a month, then maybe they fall down. But they don't. That's not a team that that's worried about being fourth. How how messed up would that be if they fell to fourth and then that's who the Knicks play? <laughs> because that's like, come on, man. With a healthy Giannis. It's With like, a healthy it's a, Giannis who's back, and he's sitting there just dunking on the whole city, it's basically. Like, it's like, really? Right? Because, no, but I know, agree with you. Milwaukee's you know, a team that you don't have to be the one seed to still go to the finals. Right. I would be, yeah, I would, I would be surprised to see if maybe if Cleveland maybe catches them only being a couple of games back, right? And if Philly passes them, Philly's only two, two games back. It's in, if you're the Knicks, then you try to start losing. Like, you know what? I think I'll fall down. I think I'll fall down so I have to face the number two seed to go get Philly. But you're spot on about Doc, though. I mean, you know what? Enough. What's Doc done since he left the Celtics and he had those guys in their prime, like the Absol- Pierce, Garnett, nothing. Ray Allen? Nothing. Nothing. And he had talent with the Clippers. He had all the, you know, he had, he had even prime Chris Paul and couldn't win out there with those guys. And then same thing with Philly. He's never been to the conference finals since he left Boston. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it may be time for him to be grandfathered out, too. I mean, because I think right now it's more on reputation in his last – I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't know what the issue is with Mark Jackson, why people won't give him another opportunity, man. You know, but he's like the Eric the enemy of, like, coach uh, basketball. Like, I thought he would have been perfect for the Knicks job. Well, you got to put on a fancy three-piece suit and he can have his own press conference like uh, Eric did yesterday. Well, we know he. We know he is a preacher, so you know he. he got, I'm sure he got that <laughs> in his a, repertoire. That was a, he. Yeah, he had that one on standby. I think he was waiting for the moment for sure. Imagine if he ever gets a head coaching job, what he's going to trot out. Wow, can't wait for that one. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com/ESPNPods. That's Amazon.com/ESPNPods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. How about this, Bart? You ever think about uh, changing your name? You're comfortable with your name. I did change my name. I had a Tholomew to it. Well, that's still kind of the same vein, though, right? I mean, it's, you know, just stretches it out a little bit. I think I might just become the symbol. Just like Prince. Yeah, I'm going to be the symbol. I like it. Do you know what the symbol would be? Yeah, it's going to be me holding. I'm, no, never mind. I can't say that. No. You get like a logo or something like that, like the tiger thing. Um, so remember Robbie Anderson, former Perber. jet wide receiver? Perber. Perber. Uh, most recently he was in Arizona, although some people may not have even have known that because remember <laughs> he left the Jets, went to Carolina, and then kind of fell out of Carolina. favor he there. He was good in Carolina. He was okay. But, you know, and, and to his defense, they just didn't have any quarterbacks there. You know, it was just like a revolving door. But anyway, he ends up in Arizona. And I didn't even know this. Before the start of last season, he changed the spelling of his first name. He used to be Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y. He changed it to R-O-B-B-I-E. Didn't know that. You know, spelling matters. Now he's taken it a step further. He's he's changed his first name legally to Chosen Anderson. (sighs) Well, you know, why couldn't it be Mr. Anderson? <laughs> Should just name first name to Mister Anderson, you know he that would have said it all because that would have mean he was Neil the chosen one, you know. But you know he does you know train for a long time with um with Chad Ochocinco, mm-hmm. who has changed his name from Chad Johnson to Chad Ochocinco. I don't know if it's back to Chad Johnson, so maybe he's been influenced by Chad once again. Chosen, why not change his last name though? If you're gonna change the first name, you might as well go all in. And I guess the R is a middle initial now, so it's like Chosen R. Anderson. <laughs> Why don't you make it R. Anderson be part of Four Horsemen? But what's the – Chosen what, though? Like, uh, what do you – like, Chosen for what? Maybe he's the Chosen Messiah, I mean, the Chosen Prophet. I don't know. You tell me. What is he – I guess that's what we have to explain. But one thing about it is he's been put in the, in the news for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, so, you know, whatever gets your attention, you know, no such thing as bad, bad publicity. So he's a I liked Robbie when he was here. I liked Robbie when he he was a cool dude. You didn't know what he was thinking half the time, but he was a cool dude. I had to apologize to my audience one time. I had him on there for an interview and I was like, I I apologize for wait. I I don't know what that was. I think I had him on the radio once and he was actually pretty good. It was I I guess it was a good day for him. He was, you know, he was with it. He was in a good mood. But I, I could see from your standpoint that. There's a lot of other times where he's just you – know, you, you just don't know what you're getting. Yeah, he's, he's flaked out. You can tell that the, that the Jets told him to come on or something like that. It was when, uh, when I used to host at the uh, hotel across the street. Oh, for Inside the Jets? Yeah. Before we got to do it, because we got to do it during the yeah. COVID years where, you know, it was the two of us basically in one room <laughs> and nobody else allowed within 500 miles of us. Via Zoom Zoom. Yeah. But, um, but, right. we, we, we would talk to the players who would literally – be 10 feet Next down goal. the hall from us, but we weren't allowed to interact with them, so they were on a Zoom. We were sitting in the studio. I couldn't hear a damn word the players were saying, but we tried to make it work. Yeah, yeah. that's why they took us off the air. 
And that's where they took us off the air, exactly. <laughs> COVID casualties, like many others. But you know what? We live to tell about it. We're still doing our thing. That's what's great. Uh, speaking of football, we'll get into the latest when we return. Jets, Rodgers, out of the darkness, Derek Carr, Giants. How much is enough for Daniel Jones? Russell Wilson, apparently, we find out now after the fact, he wanted to go scorched earth and just blow up that Seahawks organization before they traded him out of town. A lot of stuff to talk about. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.